Turn with me, please, to Mark, the ninth chapter, and verse 23. Jesus said, uh, this man had brought his son to the disciples, who was in a very bad condition, and uh, they, they tried to minister to him without results. You know, just because somebody prayed for you or yours, and you didn't get your desired results, that does not prove the will of God for you. Some say, yeah, but so-and-so has a powerful ministry and a great anointing, and they prayed for me, and I didn't receive, so it must be something wrong with me, or it must be not God's will for me to receive that. No, 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 no. Don't you assume such foolish things as that. Don't be so easily duped and deceived. Jesus, the, the, the individuals closest to Jesus prayed for this boy and got no results. And so when this father brought his son to Jesus, Jesus didn't look at him and say, well, it's not always the will of God. They're just things you don't understand. God's working out some things. We'll understand it in the sweet by and by. No, no. In fact, later on, after this boy was delivered, the disciples cornered Jesus in the house and said, why, couldn't, why didn't it work when we prayed? And he said, because of your unbelief. And that's the answer most preachers do not want to hear. That's what people create new doctrines as to why it's not the will of God and, and why the, why has it always got to be God? Why it, couldn't it be a possibility you didn't do something right? No, see, people create new doctrines to get the spotlight off of themselves. No, a whole lot of the times when things don't go the right way, it just boils down to plain old garden variety doubt and unbelief. That's it. That's it. Why things don't happen. Why things are not fixed. Why needs are not met. Plain old doubt and unbelief. Again and again. That's what it is. Quiet up in here, isn't it? You believe the Bible, don't you? What did Jesus say? If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. What did Jesus say? All things are possible to him that believes. So what's impossible? What is it that can't happen in your life? Is it possible for you to be healed? Even from things considered incurable, terminal, last stages, too far gone, no help. Hmm? Is it impossible to be healed when you're in the last stages of this or that? It is not impossible. It is possible. To who? Those that believe. Is it possible for you to be completely out of debt? Completely. Not owe anybody anything. Except to love them. Huh? Have your cars paid for? Your houses paid for? Everything paid for? Right? Kids education paid for? Everything paid for? Everything, everything paid for? Everything. Is it possible? In this economy? Certainly. Because who are you talking about doing it? Now if you had to fix it all. Whew. You could just go ahead and say, no way. But with him, 
and to those that believe in him. All things are possible to him that believes. The thing that the enemy has tried so hard to convince you is just too far gone. It's too late. It's too bad. It's hopeless. It's too much money. It's too big. It's too hard to do anything about. Lies, lies, lies. No such thing as something too hard for the Lord. Go to the 10th chapter, just right over nearby here, in the 27th verse. Jesus looked and said, with men it is impossible. There's a lot of things that's impossible with men, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. I want you to say it out loud. All things are possible. Say it again. All things are are possible. Say it again. All things are possible. Is it possible? You don't have to hear the rest. <laughs> Is it possible to be free from a habit, an addiction, a sin that has dogged your tracks and, and bugged you? You heard the testimony tonight. Wasn't that a good report? about this individual that had uh, years and years been defeated by this sin and now they said they're free. They're free. What drugs can't do, psychotherapy can't do, electroshock can't do, God can do. (laughs) He can do. It is possible Even though you have fallen 959 times in the same area in the past 40 years, it is possible to get completely free in that area and not fall again from now until you go to be with Jesus. Do you believe it or not? Now see, the devil will jump right in there and go, oh no, no, not you. You got a problem. You're messed up. And you will all you're that's just how you are, that's how you're wired, and you're always gonna be like that. Leopard can't change his spots. Well you're not a leopard. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hmm? And it is possible. It is You could be a hard drug user for decades and you can get completely free and never go back to it again. Come on, do you believe it? You could be a shopaholic. Just have zero control and every time you're around anything, you buy everything and max out every credit card and just mess up yourself and mess up your family and cause all kind of terrible problems and, and, and just feel so bad after you do it. That's how, every, that's how sin is in every area. You know, you get drunk again, you, you, you do this again, you get high again, you, you, you steal again, you lie again, and oh man, it, it's designed for the aftermath more than it is the actual thing. Because, I mean, you, you do that enough, you'll get to where you hate yourself. You despise, you're disgusted with yourself. And the Lord doesn't see you that way. You are the apple of his eye. 
He's not pleased with the junk that you're in, but you don't see you the way he sees you. He not, he's not just looking at you in, even if you're in a puddle of filth. He's called you to rule and reign with him in the millennia to come. He knows what you really are on the inside and what you're destined to be. The devil doesn't want you to see any of that. All he wants you to see is the filth and the sin and the failure and to get you to completely believe there is no hope. That you cannot get out. There's no way. Read that verse again. (laughs) What did it say? With men, it is impossible. There are things that are too big for men to fix themselves. There are. And all too quickly, the best in their field will look at you and shake their head and say, there's nothing more we can do. I'm sorry. There's nothing more we can do. But you shouldn't just fall off your chair. You should have already known there's a whole lot they couldn't do. Because you know this verse. With men, all kind of things impossible. But not with God. Because with God, and we just happen to be with God, and Him with us. I've had people look at me and shake their head and go, that would take a miracle. And I'm like, great. Because that's who we run with. Right? Miracles are his specialty. That's our, you're talking our thing now. That's our thing. We believe him, he does miracles. Well, we're set then if, if that's what we need is a miracle. Because we know the miracle one. We know him. And he's always ready. All things are possible with God. Say it out loud with God. God. All things are possible. Say it again with God. God. All things things are possible. possible. So the next time any kind of thought crosses your mind, this is impossible, you ought to grab that with both hands and throw it down on the floor and stomp on it. Right? Because that can't be true. This, if this is true, that can't be true. Oh, the devil's a sorry cuss. Isn't he? I'm not going to shed one tear when he gets his. How about you? Mm -mm. He's continuously trying to feed thoughts and feelings. And they're very real. These feelings and these thoughts of hopelessness and despair into you. Any of us, if you listen to it, to get you to just throw up your hands and go, there's no hope. There's no use. It's too far gone. What are you saying? It's impossible. You're saying it's impossible. You're agreeing with him that it's impossible. It's too late for me. I'm too old. What are you saying? You're saying it's impossible for me to have a good life again. It's too late. It's impossible. Yeah, my best years are behind me now. (laughs) Well, that might make a good song, but (laughs) this is the truth. And if you want victory, you got to quit listening to that stuff and quit thinking like that. And you got to believe this. Anything that smacks or smells or has a slight hint or feel of impossibility, you should reject. 
Shouldn't you? Something should rise up on the inside of you and you should immediately say, nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. There is no such thing as impossible with God. All things. You know, it'd be great for us to just camp right here on this one verse the whole night. Did you know it? If it got in us to where we believed it, change your life. I want you to say it again. All things are possible with God. Who else are all things possible with? Those that believe. In 923 we read, those that believe. All things are possible with God and all things are possible to those that believe. Are you a believer? And that means you got to believe that all things are possible. The things that are thought impossible are yet possible. Somebody needs to say it is not too late. It is not too far gone. It is not hopeless. It's possible. You could be in the deepest, darkest hole, and that is a glimmer of light from above, isn't it? It's possible. It is. It's not all over. You're still breathing? Huh? God's still on the throne? This thing ain't over. Let me tell you something I've decided a while back. See if you want to join me in it. Maybe you already have. I'm going out with my boots on. (laughs) Do you know what I mean by that? (laughs) That's a good old western expression. What does that mean? (laughs) I'm going out pistols blazing. (laughs) Huh? I'm, I'm not laying down and quitting. I don't know everything. You don't know everything. But I I do know this. All things are possible with God. And he told me to fight the good fight of faith. Didn't he? He told me that. He told me all things are possible with him. And all things are possible with me if I believe. Didn't he? And so. If. uh, You know. if I, I don't know everything. And if there's a situation to where. I'm missing some pieces or I'm not uh, in full light of something. And uh, if I got cut off early for some reason, that's all right. When, as I leave my body and as I see Jesus, I'm going to have my boots on and my pistols out. <laughs> I'm going to say, Lord, I was, I was giving them all I had. <laughs> and he'll say, I know, buddy. Come here. Come here. <laughs> I know it. Because that's honorable. I have been at uh, people's bedside and been at funerals and things where people went young. And uh, situations that I knew about. And they looked at me and and the enemy was trying to heap condemnation on them. He's such a sorry devil. You know, now, now think about this. First of all, he'll try to tell you that God doesn't heal. And that faith doesn't work. But if he can't convince you of that. And you, you believe God heals. And then you try to believe for a healing. And then if it doesn't work. Then he'll come try to condemn you. Because you didn't have enough faith. Right. 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 Is that a sorry low down? Right. Devil. 
It's just a, it's no truth in him. No honesty about him. And, I, and I've put a shoulder around people before and said, they fought a good fight. That's honorable. I said, that's honorable. All of us going to be out of here soon. And very soon. It's not just how long and how many years you lived. Did you live in faith? Did you live with courage? Come on, are you listening? Go out with your boots on. Believing that anything's possible. Come on, are you with me? Fighting the good fight of faith. Somebody said, well, what if I die? Honey, you don't want to die any other way than in faith. Because the next thing you're going to see is the God of your faith. And you, you're going to want to tell him, I was doing everything I knew. <laughs> and he'll say, I know, baby, you, you just didn't know too much. Come here. <laughs> Come here. We're going to enlighten you. <laughs> and I think for the next 10,000 years, at just regular intervals, you'll stop and go, oh. <laughs> oh. No wonder. Oh. Wow. Oh. Whoo. No wonder. Because there is so much we have not seen and understood. But that doesn't keep you from walking in full courage in the light you do have. Do you know what I mean about going out with your boots on? You, you, You doing everything you know to fight the good fight of faith and believe God. That is honorable. It's honorable. Tell me about what's possible. All things are possible with God, and all things are possible to him that believes. That means the things they said were impossible are actually possible. Hmm? The things the devil's been trying to convince you can't happen, can happen. The conditions of life that maybe... You've been convinced you couldn't get to or you couldn't have or you couldn't enjoy. That's all a lie. You can have it. You can get there. Say it out loud. It's possible. Say it again. It's possible. It's possible. Go with me over to the book of uh, Luke. We started and I uh, casually thought I would complete it in one message. And it's already turned into a series. So, <laughs> called How to Receive Anything. How to Receive Anything. And we've already touched on the, uh, the first one. And I better review just a little bit. Matthew 6. Matthew 6 and verse 9 what is called the Lord's Prayer. And I'm convinced that the order of this is very significant. You know, first things first, priorities in prayer. He said, Jesus said, pray after this manner. That that does not mean that you should pray this exact prayer only and all, all the time in vain repetitions. No, what did he say? After this manner, this, this is the way you should pray. And how does he start off? Our Father. Prayer is to the Father. 
in the name of Jesus. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You, you start off prayer addressing the Father and honoring him, acknowledging his holiness, his awesomeness. He is very, very big. Mm. Further I go, the more glimpses I get of that. I was just out to, to Colorado. And we had opportunity to go into some of the mountains there. I was standing at the base of one of those 14ers. And dear me, just standing there looking up like this, thinking, how big must be the one who made this? Because this is just, just one little piece of a range uh, and on one planet. How big must he be? He's so big, if you didn't know he loved you, you'd, you'd be scared to be around him. That he'd crush you without knowing you were there. But not only do you have, don't have to be afraid of him, he knows you, loves you, knows you by name. But he is very, very big. He's bigger than the ocean. He's bigger than space. That's big. He's bigger. He's brighter than the sun. That's your father. Calls you his own child. He said pray that way. And then what else? Verse 10. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. Then the next verse is what? Give us this day our daily bread. Now. Would this be some direction on how to receive? We're talking about how to receive anything. Would this be some direction on how to receive your daily bread? Certainly. You think he'd tell you to ask for it and he didn't want you to have it? Certainly not. But very right of him telling you to ask for it shows he knows you need it. It's obviously his will for you to have it. Ask for it. And asking is part of receiving anything. We're going to talk about that. I thought I'd talk about it long ago, but I believe we'll get to it. But there's something that comes prior to the asking. What is it? Well, give us this day our daily bread came after verse 10. What's verse 10? Thy kingdom come, what? Thy will be done. His will, seeking his will, precedes the asking. This is very important. And a lot of folks have had difficulties because they didn't do it this way. They skipped that and just went to the asking. John uh, 15, 7, I believe it is. Can we pop that up there? John 15, 7. He said, if you abide in me, Jesus said, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And what will happen? It shall be done unto you. But notice what, what preceded you asking. His words are, are, you're full of his words. His words are living in you. Is that going to let you know his will? Certainly it is. The more you meditate on what he has said, you're going to know his will. You're there in John 15, back up to the 7th chapter. 
John 7. The scripture had said in 1 John, we won't turn there, but if you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. And if you know that he hears you, you know that you have the petitions that you desire. So knowledge of his will precedes you asking for what you want. Let me say it like this. This is why the enemy has fought so hard and continues to do so to keep people questioning the will of God. For instance, in in the area of healing, is it God's will for you to be healed? Because if you're not sure whether it's God's will for you to be healed or not, you cannot ask in faith. And if you can't ask in faith, you don't qualify to do what he said. Knowledge of his will is a prerequisite for being able to ask in faith. It's not just asking. You've got to ask in faith. Amen. Did you know that? Not a lot of folks look like maybe they didn't know that. Okay, go to James then. You know, if everybody's not excited about multiplication, you need to back up to addition. Did you know that? And, and get to where everybody's excited. And then we move forward together. In James, first chapter, let's do it this way. In the fourth chapter, in the second verse, he said, You lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, you fight in war, yet you have not. Why? You have not. Why? So this is a big reason why a lot of people don't have things. Because they didn't ask. I know that sounds entirely too simple. But if it's in the Bible, it's got to be true. Right? In the Amplified, what does it say? You do not have because you do not ask. Is the last phrase. He goes on talking about asking amiss in the next verse. And we'll, we'll deal with that maybe a little bit later, but let's just touch on this. Is it a fact that a lot of people don't have a lot of things because they didn't ask the Lord? They didn't ask Him. They didn't ask Him. When you talk about praying the prayer of faith, the prayer of petition, beware of beginning with thanksgiving. What do you mean? Lord, we thank you for meeting our needs. Lord, we thank you for this. We thank, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you ask him? You ever heard people just start praying? And and the way they start praying is thanking. Lord, we thank you. Thanksgiving is an excellent, wonderful thing. You know we've spent months on it around here talking about it. But we're talking about praying in faith now. And the scripture says you have not. Why? Because you didn't ask. You didn't ask. There's more to this even than we know yet. But the Lord has told us to ask and ask in a certain way. We're to ask him. We're to ask in the name of Jesus. And we're to ask in faith. Very specific. Well, we already understand this. There's all kind of 
county offices, city offices, state offices, federal offices, that if you want something from them, you don't just call on the phone and say, thank you for it. You have to make a formal request. You have to go through the right channels and ask the right people, right? And your petition comes before the right people for them to grant or not grant your request. So you have to ask. And you have to ask a certain way. We already know about this. Well, the prayer of faith is like this. You must ask. Read it out loud. You have not. Why? Because you didn't ask. You didn't ask. Hold your place there and go with me to Matthew. Hold your place there in James. We're not through with that. You do not have because you do not ask. (laughs) The Amplified said. You didn't ask. Matthew 18, very familiar passage of scripture, Matthew 18, 19. And something that husbands and wives ought to be proficient at. And that's the prayer of agreement. And siblings can pray it. And co-workers can pray it. Jesus said, if two of you shall agree on earth, and a lot of people stop right there. And they kind of just glance and glaze over the rest of it. And they'll say, would you agree with me on, on such and such? And they say, yeah, I agree with you on that. And never do this verse. You agree with what? Keep reading. If any two of you shall agree on earth as what? As what? Touching anything what? That they shall ask. If you never ask, you never do this verse. You never did it. You're agreeing as touching something you're asking the Father to do for you. If any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. You must ask. Now what must you know before you ask? The will of God. Else, now why, why is it so important to find the will of God before you ask? We'll go back to James. You have not, Why? Because you didn't ask. Did you know the devil is tricky? Have you ever noticed that some of the simplest things, that when you get light on it, you go, what? Why did I see that? That's so simple. Like this, ask. But did you know the enemy, through his craftiness, has duped all kind of Christians into not asking? They just conveniently kind of skip that part. We're claiming this. We're believing this. We're agreeing on this. Did you ask? When did you ask? Where did you ask? Oh, I, I don't know. We're just agreeing. On what? 
It is vitally important that we come the proper way, through the proper channel, to the Father, in the name of Jesus, and ask. It has to do with giving him a right to do things for us in this earth that not everybody is experiencing. And if he's going to be just and fair in doing something for you that he didn't do for everybody, there's got to be a reason why he did it for you. And that reason is that you did what he told you to do. You came the way he told you to come. You did what he told you to do. Then he's justified in doing it for you. In James 1 and verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, what do you do? Do what? Let him ask. Let him do what? Is this too simple for you tonight? If you, lack, if you need wisdom, if you need daily bread, we just got through reading. What do you do? Ask for it. Give us this day, Lord, our daily bread. If you need wisdom, what do you do? Ask. Cry and say, God, I need wisdom. Oh, God, I'm so dumb. I need. I need. <laughs> oh, I just keep doing stupid stuff over and over and over. What's wrong with me? What is wrong with me? I'm so dumb. I'm so dumb. I'm so dumb. Can you, can you imagine believers talk like this? Oh, yeah, when the organ's not playing. <laughs> and they're, they're at home in their bedroom and nobody's watching. They talk just like this. A lot of them do. We, we, can, we can train ourselves. We can discipline ourselves. When you've done something classically dumb, <laughs> what should you do? Stop and go, Lord, I am asking you for some wisdom here. I'm I'm asking you right now, in the name of Jesus, to give me more wisdom, more understanding. I'm asking. There's so much in that word. First of all, you wouldn't be asking unless you believed he was real. Hmm? You don't pray to a God you don't believe exists. And you wouldn't be asking if you didn't believe he could give it to you. Why ask? And you wouldn't be asking if you didn't believe he was willing to give it to you. Which is where the next part comes in. Let him ask of God. Ask, ask, ask. That does what? That gives to all men liberally, but it should be it should be remembered this is in connection with those that ask. And he upbraids not, and what'll happen? It shall be given him. We're going to look at Matthew in just a moment. It's also recorded in Luke. It says, Ask and it shall be given. Said that out loud, ask and it shall be given. Say it again, ask and it shall be given. How to receive anything. Hmm? What's a big step? Ask. And whatever it is. Shall be given. Ask. So if somebody says agree with me. About such and such. 
What needs to happen next? You two or three or whoever it is, you need to stop. And number one, do what? Anybody remember number one? We spent a whole night on it. What's number one? We need to understand the will of God about this. Because you're not ready to ask and you don't know the will of God. Now I know that puts a cramp in speed praying. Because <laughs> a lot of folks do. They're, they're just run die, shun die, untie my bow tie. I got it. Let's go. <laughs> we got it. Let's go. And, and, and that's why folks are disappointed over and over again. They never got in faith. They never asked in faith. They're trying to push this button and pull this lever and do this and do this, kind of work this formula and make things happen. This is not about ritual or routine or formula. Faith is of the heart. It's what you believe. And and keep reading. He said, uh, ask and God gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. And what will happen? This is excellent news, right? You needed wisdom. You asked for wisdom. God gave you wisdom. You got smarter. You came up and quit doing dumb stuff. You asked for wisdom. God gave it to you. And you came up to another level. Of perception and understanding. And you quit making dumb mistakes. In that area. And you started acting differently. And operating differently. Why? Because you asked for wisdom. And God gave you wisdom. What else though? Keep reading. This is not the end. But. Let him ask how? In faith. See number one. What's number one? How to receive anything. Find and understand the will of God. That's why that's number one. Because it's not just asking is not enough. Much of the church world is failing at this point right here. They know to ask. They were brought up, taught to ask. But they're not asking in faith. They're asking Without an understanding of the will of God. And they believe that whatever happens after they ask. Will show them the will of God. If what they asked for happened. Thank God that was the will of God. If it didn't happen. Well it must not have been the will of God. But that's not true. That's not asking in faith. And he said, you got to ask in faith, what? Nothing wavering, which means you got to have your heart and mind made up about how this is supposed to turn out. And this is what separates how we think from millions of good church-going people right here. Because a lot of people, whether they say it or not, they're implying, well, you just can't know the will of God. And we'll pray best we know how. But then it's just up to God. Well that means you don't know his will. And. Keep reading this. Let him ask. Now this is. We're still talking about the man asking for wisdom aren't we? And you'll get it. If you ask. 
And if you ask in faith, nothing wavering. What's wavering? Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. We sure hope so. (laughs) Maybe it's his will. But you just never know. We hope so. All we can do is hope and pray. That's not true. You can do something else. You can believe and pray. You can have faith. But that's why asking is not number one. Because if you're going to ask in faith, you had to have first discovered what the will of God is. And that's why he gave us this wonderful book. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. That's why he gave us ministry gifts. That's why he gave us uh, elders and a whole number of things to help grow us up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord until we're, we're never going to know all about the will of God in this lifetime, but you can know a lot more than you knew last year, which means you can ask confidently, boldly, in faith. And when you do, you're going to receive. It's going to be given to you. I was preaching on healing one time years ago. And after the service, a lady came up to the podium. It was kind of like this, uh, lower floor. And she came up and, uh, and threw her Bible on the podium there. Looked at me, kind of glared at me. And said, why doesn't that work? I just looked down and saw it was the Bible. I said, it does. She said, no, it doesn't. I said, yes, it does. She said, no, it doesn't. I said, yes, it does. She said, no, it doesn't. (laughs) We're getting nowhere. I said, what what are you talking about? And she pointed right here, and it's in the book of James. And it was in the the fifth chapter. Just turn over here, and we'll read it, what she was pointing to. James 5, 14. Said, is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. I said, it does work. I've seen it work. She said, no, it doesn't. I've seen it not work. (laughs) What do you do? I said, "Uh, well, let's go over this slowly now. I said, you were sick. She said, yeah, and still am. I said, you called for the elders, yeah. They anointed you with oil, yes. They prayed the prayer of faith for you, yes. But the Lord didn't raise you up, no. Didn't heal you. She said, no. Why doesn't it work? I said, let's go over this again real slow. You were sick, yes, still am. You called for the elders of the church, yes. They prayed over you in the name of the Lord, yes. They anointed you with oil, yes. But the Lord didn't raise you up, no. Didn't heal you. No. I said, well, sister, I'm sorry. I don't care who he is. If he didn't do what he said he would do, he lied to you. I'm sorry that God lied to you. (laughs) She shook her head and said, God can't lie. I said, that's what I thought. (laughs) Isn't it amazing how steamed up people get and not even open to maybe I missed it somewhere. It's got to be the mysterious will of God or God or I mean she's trying to say the word's not right. It didn't work. You're talking about the Bible here. 
The Bible doesn't work. How come that's the first thought? Instead of going, wow, I could have missed it somewhere. Why is that got to be the, the first thing you go to? The Bible's wrong. Errors in the Bible. God didn't come through. God let me down. God let you down. That ought to be laughable. When anybody says God let me down, we ought to go, what? You're joking, right? <laughs> That's just bizarre that you could try to believe that. Yes, to me, anyhow. I said, okay, let's go over this again real slow. You were sick and still am. You called for the elders of the church. Yes. They prayed over you anointed you all, with oil. In the name of the Lord. Yes. I said, might I ask, what did they pray? She said, they said, Lord, heal her if it be thy will. Now, you've been around here a while. You know that's not the prayer of faith. But see, she didn't see that. She's convinced. They had done what the scripture said. And yet, according to what we're talking about, go back to James 1 now. Because this is James 5 we're reading. If they had gone and read carefully chapter 1. Right? They could have caught this. But we're not going to throw any stones because we've missed some stuff ourselves. Right? But what did he say? Let him ask how? Verse 5, verse 6. Let him ask how? It's not enough to ask. This answers all kind of questions. This, this sheds light on all kind of situations. Well, sister so-and-so, she was a fine saint of God, and she prayed and prayed and prayed, and why didn't it work for her? Did she pray, ever pray in faith? And how would you know? For one thing, the person gets the will of God settled in their heart and mind. The scripture says, don't be unwise, Ephesians says, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. That's why around here the Lord has led us to camp so much. You know, we taught uh, 30 some reasons why we're sure it's God's will for us to be healed. We taught about God's will for prosperity. Stayed on it for weeks and weeks and we Would Jesus wear a Rolex and, and things like that for weeks and why? Because we, we must be established in knowing what his will is. In these areas, or we cannot pray the prayer of faith. And if we can't pray the prayer of faith, we're in trouble. We're not to where we can receive. Keep reading. Let him ask how? How? And then he gives, a, expounds what it means to ask in faith. Asking in faith is asking without wavering. Nothing wavering. As long as you're saying, will he, won't he? Will it happen, won't it happen? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. You're not in faith. I didn't say you weren't saved. I didn't say you weren't a good person. But you're not in faith. And what will happen when you're wavering? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. We'll see, we hope so. What will happen? If you're wavering... You're like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. What does that mean? Whichever way the wind blows, that's the way the wave goes. Right? It blows up, the wave goes up. It comes down, the wave comes down. It blows over this way, the wave goes that way. It blows over that way, the wave goes that way. And so that's the way you'll be. 
If you're not settled in the will of God. If you feel better, glory to God, it's working. If you feel worse, oh, it's not working. Whatever you see, whatever you feel, whichever way the wind blows, that's the way you are. So you're up, so you're down. So you're in between, so you're doing better, so you're doing worse, so you got the victory, so you're defeated. Wavering. 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 And wavering askers get what? (laughs) Let not that man think that he shall what? Receive anything of the Lord. I know that's not exciting, but it's the truth. And it should answer some questions for us, right? Which is why asking is not number one. What's number one? Finding and understanding the will of God. Where are you going to find the will of God? There is no 100% safe place to find the will of God other than this book. That's it. And anything that the Spirit of God would say to you personally or through anybody else, if it's right, it's going to be in line with this book. It's going to sound like this book. It's going to be tied to things all through this book. It is the revealed will of God. Aren't you thankful for it? That in the midst of this world, chaos-filled world, you got an anchor to your soul. It is the sure word of God. And no matter what you feel or don't feel or see or hear or don't see or hear, you don't have to try to ascertain the will of God according to what people think and flippantly change their mind or what you're feeling or experiencing or not experiencing. You already found out the will of God. And it does not change. And when you got that settled in you, you don't change. And though when you've asked, you don't move, you don't change. In personal things, you you still must hear from him. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Every project that we've had in the church. I, I must hear from him. A good idea is not enough. A need is not enough. People want to do it is not enough. I've told, I've told more than one person before, I don't do what I want to do. Why would I do what you want me to do? <laughs> I don't write my own orders. I know that sounds strange to people because God's not as real to them as he should be. But we're supposed to have a soldier mentality. We go where we're sent. We stay where we're stationed. We do what we're told. Right? We, we have a big boss. And uh, I must hear from him, I mean, this, this church in Sarasota, and things like that, air conditioning project and, and other things and, and, and mission projects that we've been involved in. And, and step after step, I mean, uh, people say, well, you know, you, you got faith, you can just believe for anything you decide to believe for. No, you can't. Your faith is in him. You gotta, if you believe in him to do something, you need to have heard from him. That he would do it. And until you've got that. You don't need to go claiming. And asking. And rebuking. And binding. Or even sowing towards. Come on are you listening to me. That's not number one. That's number two. What's number one. Finding the will of the Lord. Which is why you read your Bible. It's why you come to church. It's why you pray. 
It's why you wait on the Lord. And I know I've been there many a time where you you were ready to move on this two years ago. You need it. Folks are pounding and pushing and pressures and deadlines. But friend, unless you want to come and apologize to everybody and repent for wasting their time and money and everything. Come on, are you listening to me? You better sit down in the road like an old donkey. And go, I ain't going nowhere till I've heard from him. I've got to hear from him. But then once you have heard, what does that do once you've heard? It puts your heart to rest. And now you're not questioning the will of God. You know the will of God. Come on, can you see this? Now you ask for everything you need in line to do this. Now you claim. Now you believe. Now you confess. Now you reach. Now you go. And the reason why there's been so many disasters and train wrecks and failures and people get so disgruntled and upset because they didn't get that. Before they launched. And they're just trying to use faith principles. To do what they want to do. Go back with me to. uh, John 7. John 7. This is a little bit back to number one. But. uh, How many know if you you don't have number one. (laughs) There's no need talking about the rest of it. In John 7. The religious leaders of the Jews were talking to Jesus and questioning him about his teachings, about what he he taught. And actually, verse 15, some of them were marveling and saying, how does he know these things? How does he know letters having never learned? How does he speak like he does? How does he understand what he does? Because he did not graduate seminary. He didn't go to college. And he didn't go to graduate school. He didn't have his doctorate. And yet, he spoke like nobody else spoke. The, the words that he used, the phrases that, not, not just using big words, but the way he spoke, they're marveling that he's such an amazing speaker. And yet the most educated of their orators don't hold a candle to him. And they're asking him, where'd you get all this? The things you preach and teach, where'd you get it? And how do you do this? And Jesus said, my doctrine is not mine. I didn't come up with this. It's his that sent me. The father gave it to me. I didn't think it up. I didn't figure it out. The Father gave it to me. You know, Jesus never took credit for one message he ever preached. He never personally took credit for one healing, one miracle. Not a one. Not a one. Every one of them, he said, the Father, the Father, the Father in me, he does the works. The Father, I just do what I I see, I just say what I hear. The Father, the Father, the Father. Is he our example? exactly how we're supposed to operate. Verse 17. If any man will do his will. Now 
Here he's, the Spirit of God through him is expanding this thing hugely now. They're wanting to know how do you speak like and where'd you get your doctrine. But man, it just went way out beyond that when he said this. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Let me read some other translations of that to you. The, uh, the NAS, do we have that New American Standard? If anyone is what? Willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching, whether it's of God or whether I speak of myself. You will know whether it's divine origin or human origin because of this. Man, this is something that's ministered to me for decades now. Years ago I saw this and it just keeps coming back to me over and over again. Do you want to be able to discern what's God? And what's just people? Including what's just you? What's the key? What's the key? Willingness. Willingness of heart is the key to knowing his will. Say it out loud. The willing discover his will. What about the unwilling? The unwilling can't see it. You can't find his will till you get willing to do it. And you got to be willing to do it before you know what it is. The father will say, I want you to do something for me. And you'll say, what? He'll say, well, will you do it? He'll go, well, what is it? Will you do it? Well, what is it, father? Will you do it. I don't know what it is exactly. <laughs> Will you do it? <laughs> and if you're not willing to do it, to do what? <laughs> if you if you ha- if you labor with this, then you're missing a very big thing. It's a matter of who's asking the question. There are certain people who could call me tonight and. You know, I would check with the Lord because he's number one. But just hearing their voice, I'd be inclined to do. Did you hear me? Just because it was them asking. Well, when the Father asks you, the one who sent Jesus to pay for your sins, who gives you your every breath, when he asks you, you should be saying yes before he gets through talking. Right? Keith, would you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. You don't know what it is. Doesn't matter what it is. Men could ask you something wrong. He's not going to ask you something wrong. He's not going to ask you to do something sin or something wrong or something evil. You know that already. If he's asking and you love him and trust him, all you need to know is that he's asking. That's all you need to know. And you know immediately the answer is yes. 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 And then you find out it's go to Siberia and start a church there. Okay. I knew it could have been anything. But that means we're about to have hallelujah time in Siberia. 
Siberia is about to see more miracles than anybody ever heard of. And before it's over with, they'll build a new airport and facility and everybody want to fly to Siberia to come to the meetings. Y'all with me or not? The Living Bible, listen to this, verse 17. The Living Bible says, verse 17, John 7, 17. If any of you really determines to do God's will, then... So that comes before. Then you will certainly know. You're going to know something after you determine to do it. You can't pick up an FM station on the AM band. Did you know that? You can't. I don't care how much power you got. I don't care how tall your antenna is. I don't care. You can have so many amplifiers in your car and you can have great big whip antennas until it sounds like you're, you can hear it sounds like you're frying bacon three blocks away. The, the, the hiss out of your speakers. You can drive your car up and put the bumper up against the FM station. And as long as you got it on the AM band, you're getting nothing. And you could say, well, they're not broadcasting. Because I'm not getting anything. I'm not picking up a thing. I don't even know if that FM station's out there. Nobody's out there. They're not sending it. Oh yeah, it's broadcasting day and night. Other people are hearing it perfectly clear. It's just you still on the AM band. Listen to this, friends. With God, you pick up the plan on the willing band. Did you get that? See, there's all kind of folks trying to get the plan, trying to get the plan. You can even pray and you can fast and, and you can turn in prayer requests and you can sow big seeds and, and you can make confessions. But as long as your heart is not on the willing band, you will not get it. You will not pick it up. You won't get it. The least bit of unwillingness skews your tuner. Off band. Oh, but when you get your heart right, you tune your heart into willing, and you willing, you don't care what it is. You will go anywhere, you will do anything, you'll stay right where you are, you'll serve with anybody. It doesn't matter if as long as it's what he told you to do. That's it. And you genuinely are willing. Now when you get your heart willing, now in comes the sound. You're picking up the plan on the willing band. And this is not just my idea. He said, if you're willing to do it, you will know. Didn't he say it? He said, you'll know. The NIV says it this way. If anyone chooses to do God's will. Now that's before you find out what it is. What will happen then? He will find out. If you choose to do it, you'll find out whether it comes from God or whether I speak on my own. If the, if the Lord's will was for me to be sick, if it was, then I love him. If that pleased him, then so be it. But if that's not his will... If, his, if, if it pleases him for me to be healed, just like you like seeing your kids healthy and good, 
then I want him to be pleased. Right? I want him to get glory in my body. If it, was, if it, pleased, if it really did please God for me to be broke, then so be it. I love him. I want his will to be done. But not just because it's some goofy preacher's idea. The truth is, I've discovered the Father needs you and me to have resources. We are his hands in the earth. We're also his pocketbooks. He does things through us. And the more resources we have, the more access he has. Because there are a lot of people that won't listen to him and don't care about what he wants. There needs to be a lot of us with a lot of stuff to do what his will is, what pleases him. It flows in, it flows out. And we're happy to see it come and we're happy to see it go. Knowing that's not the end of it. There'll be more behind it. Here comes the next wave. Hmm? We just sent out a bunch here. Here comes the next wave. Somebody say, here comes the next wave. (laughs) You must be willing and resolved to do it before you find out what it is. So before you go to ask this thing, you go sincerely before him. You're wanting to ask about single people. You're wanting to ask about this person you're dating. Is it all right to get closer to them? Is it all right to marry them? You know what you need to be willing to hear? (laughs) I said, do you know what you need to be willing to hear? Before you ask. People skip that part and they just ask that we have a wonderful life together. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not number one. What's number one? Oh, God bless us. Give us a great house here. And we're claiming property here. And we're claiming this here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you even supposed to be here? Number one is the will of God. People are trying to use faith principles apart from finding and knowing his will. There there are even people trying to believe and sow and use faith principles in rebellion. They know what they're supposed to be doing. And they refuse to do it. And so they're just going to sow and be blessed out of the will of God. I'm going to use my faith and triumph in my rebellion. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Faith is not independent. Faith is completely dependent on God, His will. I know, uh, you got time for another story? Yes. Hope so, because I'm telling you. I'm launching into it right now. When I taught at Rama, as an instructor at Rama Bible Training Center, part of our job was counseling students and helping students. And there were rules. Had a lot of single people. And uh, there was, wasn't supposed to be public display of affection on the campus and classrooms and all that kind of stuff. Well, after class... I'd, I'd come back to the building where my office was, and I sat down, and there was a, a window that looked right out into the parking lot right where I was, and I sat down, rest for a minute, and there was this young guy and young girl. Oh, man, they were heating it up. They were right there outside my window. They couldn't see in the window. I could see out. They couldn't see in. Oh, man, kissing and hugging, and whew, it was warm around there. And... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, I thought, you know, maybe they'll move somewhere else tomorrow, you know. And I just, I didn't want to deal with it. Next day after class, guess what? Right there again, even more heated, you know. And the next day, and, and I thought, I got, you know, I'm supposed to say something about this. Not that I wanted to. So I came out, and, and there are reasons why. It's not just about spoiling people's fun. <laughs> Futures are involved here. I came and tapped them on the shoulder. They turned around and saw me. They were not happy to see me. Oh, man. <laughs> I said, guys, uh, y'all are not married, right? He said, no. He said, but we're going to be. I said, that's exactly like not being married. <laughs> Come on, think about it. How many people were going to be married and did all this stuff and never were married? Oh, too many times to talk about it. I said, that's the same. Till you are married, you're not. <laughs> that's deep, ain't it? <laughs> I said, uh, I said, guys, your hormones are talking so loud that if God is speaking to you through a bullhorn, you probably couldn't hear him right now through a PA system. Oh, they didn't like it. Huffy, they stomped off. About five months later, the young lady comes up to me after class. She said, oh, Brother Keith. I said, what? She said, you remember me? I said, no. She said, you know, the hugging and kissing. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I try to forget some of these things. I said, yeah. She said, you said, and, and she quoted me verbatim. She said, you said, you guys' hormones are talking so loud, you couldn't hear God if he's speaking to you through a, a bullhorn, PA system. And she said, it upset us. I said, I know it did. She said, but that kept coming back to me. Is that true? Is that true? So she said, I got real quiet, got on the floor and said, God, is this, is this not right? Is he not the one? And what are we talking about? In order to find the will of God, what, what do you have to be? You got to be willing to hear something your flesh don't want to hear. That your mind don't want to hear. That your plans and dreams that you've come up with don't want to hear she said I and she says the Lord spoke to my heart no uh, back off she said she didn't want to hear that she cried her soul was wrenched but you know whose fault is that you know people have affairs people who are married to other people get involved with each other and fall in love and, and now to try to separate, they say, well, it's, it tears my heart out. Whose fault is that? You should have never been involved with them to begin with. And if you'd have never been involved with them, your hearts wouldn't have got intertwined like that. You'd have never gone through any of this pain. And the Lord would have spared us from it. All of us, through all these things, he would have spared us if we'd listen. He's not trying to spoil our fun. He's trying to spare us from pain and death. And destruction. But the devil, you know, he don't want you to see that going in. And so she said, so I went to him afterwards and I said, you know, let's, 
let's cool it with the physical stuff for a bit and let's pray about this and make sure. They say, well, he got mad. Well, see, that's a bad sign, isn't it? He got mad, and so then when he got mad and upset about it and pushy about it, well, then she sure enough backed off, which was right. And now after these months, she said, I don't know why it wasn't clear to me, but it's clear to me now. We're not supposed to be together. But see, it was true. Their hormones were talking so loud. They weren't open to hear. When I suggested that they might want to cool off and make sure if this is God or not, made them mad, made them upset. Why? Because they're not willing to hear that. And if you're not willing to hear it, you can't even find the will of God. You can't find the plan until you're first willing to hear it. And if any man, any woman chooses to do the will, even before you know it, then that's the person who's going to find out what the will of God is. What comes first? Willing heart. Willing mind. Willing to hear what you don't necessarily want to hear sometimes. Have you, have you ever come to acknowledge the will of God and you knew it in your heart all the time, but your head just did not want to hear that? And when you finally acknowledged it, you thought, I've been knowing this for two years. What is wrong with me? Well, you got flesh. You got a will. And when you're unwilling, it obscures and muddies everything. And when you don't want to do something, you can come up with mental gymnastics. Why? You can explain things, man. You can, oh, yeah, you can reason and come up with, well, we just don't know this. and We just don't know that. And really, you, you can't. You, you're on the wrong band, and you're not picking up the station. And you can go like that for years. Well, I just can't seem to hear from God. I've prayed, I've fasted, I've prayed, I've fasted. You're just on the wrong band. Tune your heart. Willing. And you'll begin to pick up the signal strong and clear. You'll begin to get it. It's always been there. How many know the God station never goes off the air? It's always broadcasting. It's always strong. It's always clear. It's not a station problem. It's a receiver, tuner-receiver problem. Stand up and let's do some tuning. Let's tune up some tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Just close your eyes. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.